Welcome to another episode of whatever we're calling this. The podcast of comparative literature and cultural studies at the University of Arkansas. Today, we invited Chief Cougar Goodbear to talk about his tribe, the Kanchi tribe. The history of the Kanchi is one of slavery and emancipation, or escape, living free, and then exile and obscurity. Today, we start new episodes and of course a new month we are going to celebrate native heritage month in the united states and i have a special guest for today uh, thank you for accepting the invitation chief kugar goodberg uh, thank you for having me here guillermo no and thank you for accepting and coming of course now uh uh chief kugar goodberg uh for the people who do not know you and maybe have not heard about the Kanchi tribe, can you tell us where is it? Okay, the the Coco tribe of Chanechetene, we are uh, located in Lafayette Parish. We were located in St. Martin Parish, but the tribe was uh, pushed out of St. Martin Parish uh, due to the vigilante committee of the attack of Paul. That, that was the name of the, of the the militia that, that, that went back there uh, in the bayous, kind of, you could say semi-bayou prairie area. And, uh, and yeah, and pushed the tribe out of the, off of the land that was uh, given to them. Uh, There's a Spanish land grant. And so now we are located in Lafayette Parish, which is like right next to each other. So, you know, it's not like we went that far. <laughs> we just crossed, we actually literally just crossed the water. We just crossed, <laughs> we just crossed <laughs> the river. <laughs> so yeah, we are in uh, Lafayette Parish now. Uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. Now, uh, for, for the people who are listening to this episode, they might be wondering, hey, Guillermo, but how, how do you meet Chief Cougar Goodberg? And then uh, just to let you know, I'm doing my, my research in uh, Louisiana and I found uh, about this tribe. And I was curious because I was comparing maps and books and I realized that the Kanchi tribe appeared in both of them, even in the 1700s. So uh, Chief, uh, can you tell the audience why your tribe was on maps and what was going on during that period? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, so during the 1700s, well, the, the Chaneche would go back and forth from Texas to Louisiana. So, you know, they, they would come here to uh, trade and also get um, like animals, like what they would hunt, uh, rabbits and stuff like that there, or also to trade with other tribes. Um, but then what happened, they began to uh, become captives of the Comanche, Wichita and Caddo people. And when they were captive, the uh, French who were occupying the Louisiana area, lower parts of the Louisiana area, uh, began buying these 
Apache slaves or Apache captives. They weren't slaves then, they became slaves when they, uh, when they were <clears throat> uh, sold to the French. And <clears throat> so the French used them, you know, as uh, people of bur burden, chattel. They also used them as concubines. Um, so they, and they were sold from uh, El Camino Real, which is in Northern Louisiana, uh, into Natchitoches, all the way down into uh, Franklin, Louisiana. And if you look at this on a map that follows the, uh, the I-49 route, but before I-49 was in existence, they followed um, the waterways going all the way down into lower Louisiana. That, 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 that's a, a huge area, right? Yes, yes. And they were sold at, uh, at they're called posts. P-O-S-T, or forts, actually. So, you know, you had the Natchitoches uh, Post, you had uh, Appaloosa's Post, you had um, the Attackapaw Post, which was here in the uh, Lafayette area. Uh, and you had, well, yeah, two Attackapaw Posts, one, one in Lafayette area, in St. Martin area, as well as um, down in Franklin as well. So it- oh. Yeah, it's a lot. It, they they were all over Louisiana uh, being sold, and you you find we found a lot of records dealing with the um, dealing with our people. You know, especially when they were uh, trying to convert them or converting them into Catholicism, and and they were and they actually put them as cancer, and they wrote it different ways. <laughs> they they spelled the word different ways. Um, and, and you see them, you know, like being written down for conversion for, into the religion. Uh, and also those who were converted, those who had passed away, they wrote them down, you know, as well that they have passed away and, and whatnot. Yeah, you are right. Now that you were talking about this uh, conversion and, and, and the, the, the Baptist records, uh, there are like also some records that uh, they changed the indigenous uh, identity for like slave identity. So they even changed colors instead of like being a regular Native American, they use them or describe them as a black individuals, which also I think that makes the connection to, to like steal the land. Am I right, Chief? Okay. Yeah, so they had uh, they they labeled the the Chaneche, you know, like uh, Chanechin uh blanc, which was uh, white, <laughs> Chaneche right. white. So that's like those who were in good standing with the with the uh, with the French with the European, but it's in French, so with the French, uh, and then. Chaneche Noir, who were black. And those were the ones who were, you know, enemies of the French. So they took their enemies <clears throat> and enslaved them. And so that meant when, when they were emancipated, uh, 
and try to get land, they were not able to because they were labeled as black. Uh, like for example, like with, with, with the tribe, uh, I would, well, the chief back then, uh, Coco, that, that's what the tribe is named. That's what the tribe is named after, Chief Coco. So um, Coco obtained a Spanish land grant and he wasn't labeled as Noir until the vigilante committee began wanting, began coveting the land back then. And then they, then if you see in the records, they started labeling him as a black, a black, a black person, a right. black man. And he was not. <laughs> so, because back then the, the African-American could not own land. African-American was enslaved. So that's how they started uh, doing propaganda of labeling him black and also uh, accusing the, the tribe of stealing livestock. And they would bring uh, the chief to the to court, to actual court, and you know, and and doing you know, and doing court and asking them the questions, and all the time they they brought him to court, he was found innocent. So the vigilantes began, you know, they got real angry about that. Their you know their their ploys were not working. So what they did was they went in there by force. So that's how it, they, they literally went there to capture people and threaten them, you know, with death as well, you know, like to get out, go back to Texas or go to New Orleans, just get out of the area. We don't want y'all, we don't want you here. You, you are deemed unwanted. I understand that part. Now, uh, Chief Goodbert, uh, you have mentioned a lot about the records and mm -hmm. uh, that your tribe has been active on reading those records, uh, getting resources. Uh, and as we know, history could be a tool of oppression, but also as well of freedom. So yeah. I, I, I just wanted to ask you if like, oh, because based on my research, I have found your tribe that has been worked by anthropologists, historians, literature scholars as well. So I, I was kind of curious if, if you feel that your tribe has benefited from those uh, works, from those researchers. Is there any benefit on that part? And how have you benefited or how, how your tribe have benefited from, from those research? Well, we haven't really benefited from those research because we don't have access to those researches. See, we only have access to, to a certain amount of, of the documentations. Um, also, like when we went to St. Martin Parish uh, for conveyance records, you know, for the Spanish land grant and all that, um, the, the clerk of court there was so surprised that I asked for, you know, like this specific tax records. And she was like, you know, in her face, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say what she's thinking, but, <laughs> you know, she, she was just like, how would you know anything about this? <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> just somebody, some, somebody of color coming there and just asking about out of the blue, 
how would you know anything about this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she was like, no, we don't have any of that. And I was like, how oh, you know? <laughs> now, she didn't know that I have this, this book that, that tells you the conveyance records and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, how you don't have it when it was documented? Well, we don't have any of those records anymore. Wow. Yeah. So from the first conveyance from book number one till 1813, I think, 18, 10 to 13, all these this, this this whole volume of books are gone. Well, not right. out on the shelves <laughs> anymore in uh, St. Martin Parish. Wow. So then this is um, <laughs> this make <laughs> this makes a nice transition for for what I also was thinking about it is like, OK, so we have uh, graduate students who are maybe interested in doing research about indigenous uh, tribes, indigenous communities. Mm -hmm indigenous issues, uh, maybe people who, like in my case, are interested in working with uh, like the colonial period. So, so what is your suggestions for graduate students and professors who are doing this type of research about indigenous tribe? How do you think we should work together to benefit uh, uh, indigenous tribes? As, as you just mentioned, mm -hmm. records are not accessible for, for, for your tribe. So mm -hmm. then besides this issue that is a, a, a huge one, how else we can work together to benefit the tribe or any other tribe who, who is like in, uh, as part of a, of a research? Okay. Yeah, um, like, okay, like academics, those who are in academics or other fields, uh, I, I feel that you guys have better success because you are, you know, you are working with universities or other fields like maybe genealogy uh, uh, facilities as well, you know, to to find to find these records and to find out, you know, like what happened with these records or where these records are, if they're, they're hidden in the basement or in the attic of these uh, places, because like uh, for example, like you have found records that I have not seen. Right. You know, I, I, you know, we, we were only able to, to get so far <laughs> because, because of limited funds as well, and also limited knowledge of where to look. Um, and so, you know, like, um, like if the academic person can, you know, actually uncover all this, all this uh, wealth of information for, for the tribe, that, that helps a lot. Uh, also, we have uh, photos of tribal uh, kids. That 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 was a school here in Lafayette uh, when uh, around the, when the tribe was pushed out of Saint Martin Parish. There was a school here in Lafayette uh, in 1930s, and it's full of kids. It's uh, there there are like six pictures, but no one nope now no one knew that there was an Indian school here in Lafayette. Figure this out. <laughs> it, it it was a school that that was uh 
a dance hall was transformed into a school. So this, someone had to donate this dance hall or someone bought the dance hall in order to transform it to an Indian school. So why is this chunk of history missing in Lafayette when the tribe was moved from St. Martin Parish? And now it's like, we have, the, there are pictures. It's very interesting how there are pieces to it, but it's not complete. And so, um, you know, like, if someone can help find information about this school, um, you know, that'll help. It just, you know, like helping the, the tribe to get more of their documentations because they're not able to, to obtain these paperwork because the powers that be, that people that are in the positions, they were, they're, they're already, you know, have this idea of we're not letting these people find anything because they're gonna want it back or something, <laughs> you know? It's not about us, you know, knowing all of the history connected to the, to the tribe. It's about keeping them in their place, you know, keeping, keep, keep these people in their place. And I mean, that, that's the way I see it. Uh, and, you know, like one, one, well, one person who, who has passed on already has, has, you know, has said that, uh, well, the thing, the thing that I see is that, you know, that person saw was that they wanted all the people, all the members of the tribe to actually, you know, like die out, like just disappear. Don't, don't, and, and the descendants not to remember anything. And once, you know, we're all gone and, and all that, then, you know, it's, you know, then maybe these records will miraculously, oh yeah, we had a tribe here uh, back then and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, and then with, with with the pass of the time, like new generations forget that the language, forget like memories, forget stories and forgets the, uh -huh. the, the sense of un unity and, 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 and belonging right. to the family. And then also the connection with the land so mm -hmm. no, uh, Chief Cougar Goodberry, you have mentioned uh, a, a very uh, unique suggestion for for graduate students and professors, and and something that I have found while while doing the research about your tribe is that the scholars that have mentioned your tribe, they have only done it for making connection with the slavery, uh, mm -hmm. but they never thought about giving the opportunity to to create a new story uh being like the the Kanchi tribe was was active was important in the area so so i think that uh, and that that's that's my part of the of this section is that i think that it will be important that uh, people recognize that rather than than just feel your dissertation or publish your article there is a, a community who who might benefit it in a different way based on the approach that that you do your research. Now, Chief, I have mm -hmm. one. Well, I have two more questions. We were talking okay. about records, history, but uh, I'm I also I'm aware that uh, storytelling is very important in uh, indigenous mm -hmm. tribes, and, and the power of storytelling is as powerful as books is as powerful mm -hmm. as records. 
So in that case, I was wondering, if, is there any story in, in your tribe that you would like to share with us today? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reclaim this story. In, well, actually, reclaim it and take it back. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, like in, in, uh, like in elementary or middle school, maybe, um, maybe someone has heard of Aesop fables. And <clears throat> now Aesop fables, they've, they've showed this, uh, I'll talk about like the, the rabbit in the, the turtle race. That's a Lipan story. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. There's a Lipan story. <laughs> so Aesop, I'm taking our story back. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is, is the fable, like, did they maintain the original records or the fable changed something there? It's, it's, it's the same. Huh. If turtle, turtle wanted to race, turtle wanted to race a rabbit. It, it's actually a jackrabbit. And so, you know, they, they lined up and jackrabbit ran, of course, faster. And he was ahead of turtle. Turtle just kept chugging along. And uh, so rabbit got, you know, rabbit seen that he was way ahead of turtle. So he fell asleep and turtle just passed up, but he, he moved so slowly, he passed rabbit, but rabbit, he didn't wake rabbit up because he, he walks quietly and slowly and he just kept going. Rabbit fell into a deep sleep and he thought that he was ahead anyway. <clears throat> so when turtle reached the finish line, um, you know, the other animals were cheering and it woke him up and he was like, and you're looking around and, and, and he, when he ran to the finish line, he seen that turtle had won. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's, I'm just like briefly going through it because right. it's, it's widely known. And I'm like, this is a lip on story. <laughs> Nobody knows it. They're thinking that, oh, it's just a story out of the blue or maybe uh, Aesop. I, I've heard it being called Aesop Fables. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-mm. I'm like, Aesop stole that story. <laughs> no, and, and, and thank you for sharing this today. So we're learning uh, more about uh, storytelling and, and, and indigenous tribe stories. Now, the last question, and this one is connected to languages. Um, now, mm -hmm. is there any way that, in my case, uh, my, my name is Guillermo, that I can introduce myself in, in Lipan or, or Apache, which one will be easier for me as a Spanish speaker? How do I say, my name is Guillermo and maybe any other expressions that you want to show to us, but, but maybe two to make it short and also uh, teach us how to say bye or goodbye. Okay. Uh, okay, so, so you say exane? Exane. Exande. Oh, exande. Exande. Ex like, you're, uh -huh. okay, you're you're going to pause between the ik and the sunday. Okay, exande. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then my name. Okay. Okay, so we'll be exande Guillermo. Mm -hmm. Chazi. 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 Oh, ah. I'm, I'm gonna fail your class. Uh, 
Good That's okay. Me. That's okay. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 Guillermo, you, you deserve an A. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know it's it, it's just it's just it's learning another language and also it's learning another uh, point of view in seeing the world. For example, like uh, do, do, mm -hmm. do you say bye? Do you say goodbye? Or what? what what's the, right. the similarity that you might have there? Okay, like we don't <clears throat> we don't really say goodbye. We only say goodbye like. Oh, in a way we say bye when someone passes on to to uh, to the spirit world we don't apaches really don't say goodbye it's it's like you know i i will see you later or uh until we meet again something like that and, 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 and how do i say it how do i say like uh Wow. So oh, <laughs> I cannot make it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I see that I, I will need one more episode just to be able to record this. So, well, <laughs> uh, thank you, Chief Cougar Goodberg, for, for being with us today, for, for sharing the, the information about your tribe, what, what are your struggles, uh, what is the mm -hmm. benefit of, of having access to archive in your particular case and also the suggestions that you gave us to like graduate students and, and people who are working on on the academy and at the universities of course now is there something else you would like to say before we say ciao in, in this episode um okay like what i would like to say is you know um for the Coco tribe of Chenechitene. We we have uh, been here in Louisiana since the 1700s. Um, we are continuing to be here, and we will always be here. We we also um, we've been very active in the in the Lafayette community, and not just Lafayette. We we we've been going to other places as well, um, but. Since we are here in Lafayette community, uh, you know, like we have a presence here uh, still. We are, you know, like one of the one of the ingredients to the gumbo that that they say that Louisiana is a mixture of gumbo. So we're one of the ingredients to that gumbo, and um, and so you know, we just want to let the let the general society of Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana itself, and United States and the world, you know, know that that uh, we're still here. We never went anywhere. They just pushed us from St. Martin Parish to Lafayette Parish. That's it. <laughs> and you know, and we're continuing. Um, just real quick, we're gonna uh, like October 29th, We're going to be handing out food. We're gonna be uh, handing out plate lunches. Uh, October 29th, we got like about a hundred, well, almost a hundred plate lunches. Wow. That, that yeah, <laughs> that we, that, you know, like we, we've gathered. Um, also in November, which is Native American Heritage Month, we have uh, a lot of 
like the month for us on the weekends is it's full where we're going to, to different places. We're gonna be uh, at Vermilionville Native American Culture Day. Uh, we're also doing a DAPA road. So we, so we actually have a, a 1.5 mile stretch of road that the tribe has that, that um, the city of Lafayette will actually put our, um, the tribal name from one end of that road to the other end of the road and to let people know that the tribe is here and that the tribe has adopted this road. You want this 1.5 mile stretch of road. So, you know, we, we, we're doing a lot. Uh, we also go to retirement homes and, um, and work with the elderly. We, we, we sing songs for them. We, dance. We, we even have some of them get up and dance with us, which is cool. So, um, you know, uh, that's that. Also, not a negative note, but um, it's to also there on a kind of dark side in a way. There, there's there's a group that has actually like tried to imitate us, Im imitate the tribe. Mm. Yeah, and they're they're out there you know, like teaching Apache drums and water drums is like, what are they doing? <laughs> They're not Apache, so what are they doing? And, you know, and that's the sad part about it. Like, you know, uh, if we weren't open and vocal about who we were, then no one would pay attention. So it's, it's kind of sad and it's kind of, you know, like what someone told me, well, think about it like, well, they're, you know, promoting that, you know, that there are still Apaches right. here. You could think about it like that, but also it's it's bad on our on our part because these people can actually harm us instead of helping yes. us. Because they could be showing things that's not even Apache at all. And just, you know, just whatever comes into their mind, oh, let's do it this way. And it's not, that's not our ways. <laughs> but, you know, and when we meet up with people that this other little group has influenced or whatever spoken to, then, you know, they'll be like, oh, we thought that they were part of your, they're, they were part of the tribe. And I'm like, no, they're not part of the tribe. <laughs> but no one contacts the tribe to find out. You see, you are right, and, and and then that's the issue with us. Sometimes social media is that there are so much yeah. fake mm -hmm. information that you don't know which one you have to believe. Exactly. So, well, yep. thank you for for being with us today, uh, Chief Puget Goodbird. Uh, have a good day. You too, Guillermo. Have a good one. Well, it looks like the episode is over. Thank you to the program of comparative literature and cultural studies. Thank you to Chief Cougar Goodbird for accepting the invitation. And I hope you join us next time in another episode of whatever we're calling this. Nos vemos.